Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Well, hey, it's Thursday. It's July 2nd. We're two days away from the 4th of July. And in most places, a lot of places, they've managed to shut 4th of July down. Good going, America. (laughs) Last thing you want to do is let those people get together and celebrate their freedom. Keep them home. Don't let them celebrate. Come on now. (laughs) Anyone believe that? I mean... On the 4th of July, all of a sudden, stay home, don't celebrate? Yeah. We can protest. Big brother doesn't want you to celebrate. Okay. So, look, hey, I had a, I woke up this morning in, in a pretty bad mood. Yes, you did. Yeah? You went to bed in a pretty bad mood. Went to bed in a bad mood. Uh, what did you guys? I mean, did you guys have a good day? Did you guys wake up in a good mood? Let's see what the comments have to say. Well, here's the thing. I woke up in a bad mood. What's up, Deborah? How are you? She's got you her got, own sparklers. Like Get your sparklers on. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to light something up. I don't know what it is, but I ain't going to be quiet. That's for sure. I'm going to have a good 4th of July. I'll make sure of that. So this morning I woke up and I was just like, you know what? I was like, I'm not even going to look at my cell phone. I'm going to put it away. I am not even going to look at my computer. I'm going to put it away. I'm not going to do anything today. Um, I wasn't feeling great, but I said, you know what? I'm going to take my little girl. And I'm going to get her, uh, I'm going to go get her some ice cream. And we went to this little place here. It's in Leapers Fork. Y'all ever heard of Leapers Fork, Tennessee? It's as country as it gets, right? I mean, it's It's, it's an unincorporated small town. We're, we're passing some cows out there. We're passing some horse ranches and it's stuff. It's super cool. Though. And there's a little place called Puckets. Isn't and, that where, where, uh. Yeah, you got it. Chris, uh. Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton was discovered. Yeah, I believe so. Anyway. We believe the the legend is that Chris Stapleton was discovered at Pockets by Justin Timberlake. What do we know? We're just what, a, we're, we're just, just a couple of kids from we're just from a couple South of Florida. transplants here. Yeah, but here's the thing. So I watched I watched my little girl. I had a Budweiser. <laughs> I had a Budweiser, and I watched her uh, eat her ice cream, and then I, I watched her get up and dance. And all of a sudden, like I was like, okay, you know, the world's kind of cool. Like, what happened? I just needed that disconnect and i'm i told you guys yesterday i'm bringing you good news today so i don't want you to think hey he said he was going to bring us good news and he's starting off with a story about him waking up on the wrong side of the bed let's go let's go back about 10 days similar feeling what's going on up here similar feeling i woke up not in a good spot spot and simply what i do when i do that uh i take this little bible here that i've had this is my this is my bible and i take it and i just i kind of pray over it and i just say I say, God, um, can you do me a favor today, Heavenly Father? I said, I woke up not feeling good. I need a word from you. 
I just need a word. And what I did on this particular day, I just opened it up with my eyes closed like I am. I opened it up and I put my finger down with my eyes closed. And I said, God, give me a word. And when I opened it, he spoke. <laughs> when I opened it, he spoke. Um, and the Lord there, said, There's a, a book of the Bible. It's three chapters. And, and I thought I knew the Bible. And did you ever hear of this chapter before I yes. told you? You did? Okay. I didn't. She did, of course. I'm going to redo this again. Okay. I'm trying to tell a story here, and you're worried about your hair. Well, be, I'm hot. Okay. I'm 37 weeks pregnant, and I'm hot. I'm trying to enlighten some people with some hope here. I hope you get your hair right so I can do this. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I who's the, it was the dramatic part, too. Now you just took all the... You sucked the drama right out of this story. I appreciate that. Proceed. I put my finger down, hand to God. Literally, and I'm telling you this hand to God, I swear. And I opened to this book of the Bible, and my finger was on this thing. It says Habakkuk. Habakkuk's complaint. <laughs> Habakkuk's complaint. Now, let me give you a little background. Uh, Habakkuk is Katie. a minor prophet. So minor, most of you, even if you know the Bible, you probably never heard of him. Habakkuk is a minor prophet. He lived during a time. How of- short's the book? It's three chapters. Yeah, it's small. He lived during a time of injustice and idolatry. That sounds familiar. Um, and, and, Imagine. And this book is like his personal conversation with God. So it's a, it's a conversation with God. Okay? Um, and the, and the, the theme of this, as I read it to you, was Habakkuk's struggle to believe that God was indeed good when there was so much bad stuff going on in the world. Does anybody feel that way? <laughs> Am I the only one who has woken up in the past couple of months and said, now would be a good time to do something about this. It's like going off the deep end here. We got a lot of stuff going on. I wake up every morning. I look at the sky and I'm like, it just any, any time now, any time now, my friend, my good friend Jesus, just anytime, get on that white horse, <laughs> blow some trumpets. We're, We're about to bring ready. you some good news, though. Go. So this is, again, it's a conversation between this minor prophet and God himself. And it was his struggle during a time of injustice and idolatry to say, hey, God, please let me know there's some good stuff coming because right now it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so here it is. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Habakkuk says, how long, Lord, must I call for help? And you don't listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate such wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Amen. There's some conflict going on right now in the world. Conflict abounds, and it abounded here. I'll go on. He says, therefore, the law is paralyzed. Kind of sound the law, therefore the law is paralyzed. Kind of sound like somebody took over and now there was no law, like they were almost defunding a police department, almost like they were creating their own little spot in their own little place where there was no law. My Lord, this book, how long ago was this written? Thousands of years ago. Wow, this sounds very familiar. Many, many, many years ago. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. Amen. The wicked hem is in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Whoa. Whoa. 
Habakkuk, check it out. Okay. That's his complaint. That's his complaint. Hey, justice is perverted. Things don't look good. Uh, violence and wrongdoing. The law has been paralyzed. No one's following the law. The Torah has been just walked over. The biblical law and the and 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 people law. And he says, "What's going on here, God? What's going on?" Here's the best part, because that we identify with. But we need hope. And I said I was going to bring you good news today. The good news is the Lord's answer. And I'll just give it to you. The very first part, He says. Look at the nations and watch. You will be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe it, even if you were told. I always like to, I always like to bring the conversation into modern language. Hey, Habakkuk, I get it, bro. I get it. It doesn't look good. From up here, it doesn't look good either. But I'll tell you what, I'm about to I'm about to throw some stuff on you. You don't even know. You don't even know what I'm about to do. And you don't know what I got cooking because it's coming. Okay. That's that's the translation. So here's the thing. When we look at this and we say, what's going on today, right? Um most nations, because this was during the time of Babylon, right? And and the translation is most nations, even modern nations and all the ones in between this time will become Babylon. They eventually get corrupt and crumble. They become Babylon. Now here's the other part. This is brilliant. Uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll of the Trinity church in Scottsdale, Arizona, man, this past Sunday, go on YouTube, look it up. The Trinity church, Pastor Mark Driscoll, he delivered one heck of a sermon. Yeah. It was bold. And what he said is this. He said, the Bible isn't just an old book. It's an eternal book. Mm-hmm. The Bible isn't just an old book, Ange. It's an eternal book. It's timeless. Okay? Therefore, it's timely. It's timeless. Therefore, it's timely. <clears throat> I just want to tell Mikey that we're guest hosts this week because our good friend <laughs> Joshua is. He's, working on, he's working on a movie. So he will be back. He'll be back. <laughs> Nothing happened to him. He's not missing. We're just here to fill in. We are we are filling in. We're filling in. We're grateful you're here. Yes. So <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh that's pretty cool. And and basically at the end of this, God will confront evil, he will save his people, and he will crush the head of the evil one. That's what happens. Um, but what happens in these governments is sometimes it says we replace one corrupt entity with another corrupt entity. And then justice may seem slow, but eventually it comes around. So at the end, God tells Habakkuk, he says, just trust and and be in joy and trust. He goes, you have to live by faith. And that's the hardest part, because when we see this, we want action now. I don't want to wait. We got a baby on the way. I don't want to wait for justice. I want to know the world's going to be okay today. I need to know now. And God's like, you got to be patient with me. That's not the way I work. God will take a cycle of corruption that we think is never ending, and he'll use that cycle, just like he did in these days. He'll use it to right all the wrongs. It's like his hand, right? His, and he's just like, come on, guys. I'm just, can't just bow. Humble yourselves, bow, bow, bow. And they don't. Yep. And then whoosh, it's going to come down. It's coming down. It's going to go down. And, and but. But and he but he, the Lord is is the reformation is the restoration. So another thing Pastor Driscoll talked about too is, you know, we talked about the driving out of of 
of of evil and of spirits especially and if you don't replace it with with the holy spirit it just comes back sevenfold so in a case like what we're in right now culturally and we're trying to right everybody else's wrongs but we're not replacing it with what is holy and what is righteous guess what's going to happen we're going to have sevenfold problems we're going to have sevenfold issue and so that's why it's super important that we feel that we're we're always looking at this lens <laughs> and, and just because just it's like, so important just like king solomon said he said you know there's nothing new under the sun we're living in this time this is all we know we know our our span our our 80 or 100 years god bless us however long we live that's all we know but this is cyclical this is nothing new under the sun you know when we talk about god's timing versus our timing been there before done this taken care of it you know been around for 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 millennia right seen it before so let's relate this to pop culture. I like to relate it to pop culture. A little known movie. If you haven't seen it, doesn't matter. You should watch it. It's funny. It's called Three O'Clock High. Okay. I've never heard of that movie. Three O'Clock High. It's it's one of those great 80s movies that is just fun, but it's got an underlying message. So in Three O'Clock High, there's this kid and uh, Jerry Mitchell, I think his name is, and he bumps into the school bully and does something. And the bully's like, we're going to fight. We're going to fight at three o'clock. Meet me in the parking lot. That's that's like a timeless story. You got to fight the bully in the parking lot at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. So from the time the morning comes when this happens up until then, Jerry's trying to do everything to get out of this fight because the bully's twice his size and he wears a leather jacket like all bullies do. Right. <laughs> Face it. If you're a bully in a movie and you're a bad guy, got to have a leather jacket. You got to be big. OK, those are the two requirements. So. He tries to call in sick. This guy goes to the you know the office. I'm sick. He tries to reason with him. Can't we talk it out? He tries to get somebody to help him, but none of these things working. And three o'clock's coming around. Here's it's twelve. Now it's one. Now it's two. And this kid's sweating. And sure enough, it's three o'clock. And what happens? Finds himself in the parking lot with the bully, about to get his butt kicked. But what happens is he rises up. He rises up and he, he finds strength and power somewhere that he didn't know existed, but he had to fight this fight. He couldn't avoid it. He couldn't go around it. He couldn't give it to somebody else. He couldn't call out sick. He couldn't reason with somebody. Sometimes, like right now, I'm not advocating a physical fight, but I'm saying sometimes we can't avoid the things in our life that are there. This is there. Some of you guys want to pretend like it's not there and say, I'll just shut down in my house and hopefully I'll open my eyes in a couple of months and this will all be gone. And I'll be back to looking at pictures of ponies and puppies. But sometimes we got to face the bully in the parking lot and we got to address what's going on and it's not going to be fun. And we might take a blow to the face like Jerry did. We might take a punch, but we got to get up and we got to fight injustice. We got to fight. We got to fight the devil when we're called to fight it. And we don't fight alone. We fight by the grace of God. So, you know, life's not easy, but what happens is the good news is the good news is that God says, live by faith. You're not in this alone. I will come to rescue you. Even when it looks bleak and it looks dark, I've already won. Those of you who know the Bible, we know the story. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, guys. Jesus wins. It's already been it's already been there. We've already we know the end of this book. We know the end of the story. Jesus wins. Spoiler alert. So right now let's all take a deep breath. 
take a deep breath. Don't ignore the problem. Don't ignore three o'clock, but go on with your life. Hold your kids closer. That's one of the things in this whole COVID massacre thing that's going on, this whole tragedy, this Greek tragedy with, of just where is the hope? There is hope. There is a bright spot. We have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old sister. And they really didn't, I mean, they, they were sisters, so they lived in the same house, but they didn't really do a lot together. The eight-year-old went with her friends and the four-year-old kind of did her thing. How's that changed, babe? Well, they're closer than ever now. And um, we have to, we have this opportunity, if you will, to thank for it. Because, you know, when you're confined to your own environment and to your own sibling or your spouse, like we have a choice. We have a choice to get on each other's nerves. Or we have a choice to work through it. Um, it's part of what we really advocate a lot in with Turned On is you know, things on the other side of hard conversations is where we have progress. It's yep. where we have uh, victory. It's where we have profit. And it also, it, you, when you put yourself in a situation where you allow, don't allow for the things to circumvent those relationships yes, and emotions and divide, you start working things out because you don't really have much of a choice. So in this case, you're living with each other, right? And you're in the same confines 24 hours a day. You don't have much of a choice. Well, the, speaking of choice, this is great because one of the things that human beings generally want is choice. Can I can I assume that, guys? Yeah. You prefer choice, right? If, if someone just brings you something, you say, well, I didn't order that. There, there's <laughs> a fictional character I mentioned in my book, Lemony Snicket. And he says, fate is like this odd, weird restaurant with weird waiters where they bring you things that you don't like and not necessarily want. That's what that's what not having a choice is. Hey, I brought you some chocolate, not chocolate, but I brought you some pumpkin pie. Well, I wanted chocolate. Or I brought you asparagus. Well, I wanted chicken. Or I brought you a, a comedy. Well, I wanted a romance. Like we want choice. So as human beings, that's what we have to do right now. No matter what it is, whether it is social injustice, whether it is this COVID thing, whether it is the economy, maybe you've got something going on personally in your life. But the bigger things, the three o'clock high stuff that we're trying to avoid, typically people look at it three ways. Three ways, they say. We sit home and we say the first thing is, Whew, we watch the news or something. Oh, this is a shame. Something... Somebody has to do something about this. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, Ange, this is a shame what we're watching here. Somebody has to do something about this. Who's that somebody? Who's this? Your president, your governor, your mayor, your neighbor, somebody else, not you, but somebody has to do something about this. So I'm going to sit here and somebody else is going to have to do something about this. That's the first thing. The second part is, well, geez, I, I want to do something, but I'm just so tiny. I'm only one person. I'm only one tiny little person. What can I do? I can't change the world. I'm just one person. I'm, I'm one above 360 million something in this country. I can't do nothing. And then the third thing is, again, well, maybe if I just wait it out, it'll go away. Maybe if I just wait long enough and I close my eyes, and I distract myself, it'll go away. Okay, but that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to do any of that stuff. We are called to be agents of 
change for the better. We are called to be God's foot soldiers. And when I say foot soldiers, again, let's not get the the images wrong. When I say foot soldiers, we work with our words. We work with our our ability to move people by example. And, and like again, like Mark said, we have to be humble and we have to honor all people. This was a big part of it. So Pastor Driscoll goes, you have to honor people first, whether you agree with them or you don't, whether they're way over here or way over here, you have to start with honoring them. And just because you honor somebody doesn't mean you have to agree with them. What are your thoughts on that, babe? Well, I mean, I think we're... I think we're all pretty aware. Well, I'm aware. You've he's very opinionated. David is very opinionated. Um and and so am I, frankly. But over time I've I think I've softened your ability a little bit to express that because I have a different viewpoint on a lot of things or maybe a different perspective or a different experience or you know, a different upbringing. So oftentimes when you've said you've taken a strong stance on something. I've honored your stance, but I'm like, I just want you to know that what you just said is actually a, um, in a direct opposition of how I was raised or my experience or whatever. And so personally, I've I've always hoped to be able to honor someone um, for their viewpoints, for their lifestyle, for whatever. It does not mean that I agree. So we, you hear the term, I agree to disagree. We don't all have to agree to have relationship. There's a lot of things that David and I do not agree on, but we have a marriage that works we live in the same house, right? We have relationships outside of here culturally that we don't have to agree on. That does not mean we have to cancel each other. So the same thing goes for as people that explore their faith, maybe they're feeling like convicted over something that the Bible says is wrong, right? And we have a tough time reconciling that in the very beginning stages of our exploration of our faith. Well, you can't just cut God off in that exploration because you don't agree right away. Allow for the honoring of that relationship to work and change your heart. I'm not saying that in our flawed human nature that we're all going to change each other's hearts because we know that human to human, it's probably not going to happen. It's Jesus that does that. You know, it is the Lord that has that, like, that's what we well, are supposed to do. What, didn't he say something? Yeah, that's why I want to come in. Yeah. So again, if, if we're, if here's the thing, when you hear something good, you know, if, like if I said something and someone was repeating it, I'd be flattered. And, and I think, I think Mark's intention, I'm, I'm not speaking for him, but I think any pastor's intention is to take the good news and to spread it. And we're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not plagiarizing here, but I want, I want to just give you this because if most of you, I don't know if you'll watch it or not, but it's important. And when you hear these things, he says, as Christians, our goal is not to win an argument. It's to win a person. I mean, think about that. How many times do you just take a soundbite from something and you just shoot it off to somebody because you want to win an argument? It's not the whole context of what was said, and it doesn't say anything about both sides. It's just your little two-second soundbite that says, look, I'm right and you're wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And, and again, what he says is sometimes we use words to connect or we use words to control. How many of you guys are winning arguments trying to use words to control? Probably all of us, guilty as charged. But our goal is not to win an argument. It's to win a person to Christ. Our goal is, is to win people to Jesus. And, and I've seen this. I have friends that I've been friends with for a long time, I mean, on text threads. And I thought to myself the other day, we've been on a text thread for four years, and me and this guy still don't see eye to eye on a lot of things because I'm simply just trying to change his view to my view. I'm not trying to win him over. And it's getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's futile. And then we get frustrated. And then the frustration turns to what? It turns to dislike or even hate. Resentment. Resentment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we have to do is we have to try, as hard as it may be, to honor that person as another human being. Because we can get worked up about so much that's not important. Like this person, I've seen him. How many times have I seen him? You know what I'm talking about, right? Carl, mm-hmm. how many times have I seen him in the past five years? Once, twice, once, once or twice. Yeah. So he doesn't have, he's not in my day-to-day life, but yet we we are on a text thread and we talked often and we just don't agree on some things. Still love him, still respect him. And he still loves me and respects me. But man, we are polar opposites on some, on some, on some points that get but people. You guys heated. love each other. I know, you know, and I know, hey, but I'm not, I'm not in his house every day and he's not in my house every day, but that's what happens is we get heated and we, we lose relationships over things that really don't affect us as much as we, we've done a podcast on this, with put our, them out to be with our marriage. And we started out the podcast by, you know, you saying there are some times I do not yeah. like you. Yeah. I don't. I don't like you either. Yeah, I didn't like there, you uh, yesterday. I didn't. I didn't like you last night. But I love him, and that's the difference when it comes to you know a kingdom down philosophy. We we're, we love people, and we are we desire for others to be in relationship, not control, not dictatorship so that we can find a place of honor and um and unity enough you know to where we can live in that kind of peace will it happen i don't know there's a lot of i mean you guys without without god we're gonna mess up okay all the time but again, here's here's a distorted image, and I'll Even and I'll, and, and I'll go back up. to the sermon that we heard. Here's a distorted image of how bad things are. Things are so bad. The government's so bad. People are so bad. People are evil. And then Mark reminded us. He goes, you know, back back in those days, he goes, one of the main punishments was they 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 tied uh, ropes to each limb, and then they and they tied the other ends to horses, and they whipped the horses. That's called quartering. Ugh. We, we live in a terrible time right now. There's so much injustice. There's so much pain. There's so much suffering. They quartered people. He goes, do you know that they, they used to take people, these, these, these emperors used to take Christians and put them on poles and douse them in like this uh, gasoline stuff and use them for lights for their parties, a human, and they'd be screaming. Or they fed Christians to the lions. So our perspective <laughs> is so distorted. And we think, I mean, we are sitting here in air condition. We're not hunting and gathering food. I can go to the grocery store. I can go buy a steak right now. I can sit on my couch in air condition and, and watch a movie tonight. 
without I don't I'm not going to be quartered. I'm not going to be put on a stake. I'm not going to be fed to the lions. Our freaking we've been we've been spoiled. We've well, been that's spoiled. That's part of the problem. And what happens when you get spoiled? You look for new things to argue. And that's like a, a we go back to a couple in marriage like the things we argued about when we were first married, we don't argue about that anymore. We found new things to argue about. And that's just the nature of it, you know, because that's just how people are. We, we, we can't handle, we have to have some type of adversity. We can't handle too long of things going good. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, but we can all laugh. At some point though, we have to say, look, I'm going to leave you alone. Don't infringe on my rights and I won't infringe on your rights. I just want to sit here and I just want to grow my family. I just want to do the things I can do. But eventually, those rights are going to cross, and that's why we have laws, and that's why we have to honor those laws. And if we don't like those laws as a collective thing, we change them. But we can't just go and impose our will. The, the, the minority doesn't impose their will on the majority. That's why we have voting. That's why we have – unfortunately, those things are disrupted. If we go back to uh, – <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting the syllabus wrong. Okay, so there was five things. It was it – was, or there was economic injustice. Um, there was an economic injustice. There was uh, they what they called slave labor. In other words, they were people were mad because they weren't getting the right wages, and people were saying, "You're going to do this work." Does all this stuff sound familiar today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was uh, drinking and debauchery among the elite. There was drinking and debauchery among the elite, and and the elite would just party while the regular people suffered. So who's the elite today? Who's who's the people that their life really doesn't change and ours does? Senators, politicians, representatives. I mean, they've been in there for 40 or 50 years. Their life ain't changing. Hollywood. How do you go into how do you go into public service? How do you go into public service 40 years later? You're a multimillionaire. It's crazy. Check out we we don't I don't need to tell you. You know some of the salaries. Check out some of the salaries of the people that are in in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is the idolatry. Oh. The idolatry. Who are we worshiping? Who are we? Who are we looking to? Who are we not even vetting? And we're just we're just looking at them. Like I, I get really fu- f- funny about this because I have two young daughters, and there's some Disney actresses that are 23, 24, not married, and they don't have kids, and they've publicly stated that we want to influence the next generation of young women. Yeah, you know, hey guys, I'm their dad. Okay, that's not your job to influence my daughter. You with a snake tattoo on your finger, you posing in the bathroom with your with your boyfriend in the back tub, and you're 23 years old and not married. I don't want you to influence my daughter. That's my job. As a matter of fact, I I will cancel that channel. I will get rid of Disney if you continue to be hell bent on on trying to influence my daughter. Why don't you worry about influencing your own kids once you grow up a little bit? Get a husband of your own and have kids of your own. Mm-hmm. That's where I get really defensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing you good news today with a smile. I can say that with a smile. But I'm serious. We're worried about other people coming into our space when when raising our kid is our job. I don't want you to influence my daughter. That's why as parents today, we have to be so careful about what's going into their heads. Because if we just let them have that iPad and we just let them go on cable or we just let them go on the internet, Guess what? Somebody out there is trying to make an impact on your kids, and it ain't you. Yeah. Turn on. Turn on your parenting. Turn on the, the household conversation. Because if you turn off the parenting and you will go on cruise control, you're going to wake up one day and go, where did this kid come from? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Breathe. That's all I got. Well then, look, nothing new under the sun. Everything, everything in here, everything in here is relevant today. Like, like Pastor Driscoll says, it's timeless. Therefore it's timely. And that I love that about even in, I love that in business. I love that in uh, marriage. I love that in my, my health. You know, I, I really believe the timeless principles of the natural, the nature of God and, and what he created is timeless and timely. Yes. There are things I, we do. We do things every day for our body through nourishment and supplementation that is timeless, ancient, yet relevant and timely. Very important right now, specifically with, uh, with our marriage and our children, those, the things that we learn from this book, timeless, still timely and with business. So regarding wherever you are right now, however you're experiencing this crazy 2020 that we're living in, you know, we have a, we do have a choice on how we respond to it. And, um, you know, he and I had a discussion last night. Well, I mean, I had, I tried to have a discussion. You weren't having it. You weren't in a good mood. Like you said, in the beginning, you were just not in a good mood, which is fine. But by the spirit of the Lord, I felt that what he was saying is like, we can try to fix everyone else around us. And we're completely blatantly blind to the fact that we have plenty in our own home, including ourselves, to adjust. And that's where it starts. We're not even present or aware of our own surroundings, of our own family of what potentially could be right or wrong. And we're so worried about everyone else's stuff and viewpoints that we'll, we'll just continue to find ourselves in a continuous battle, internal war over it, external war over it, because we're not willing to honor each other, disagree and, and, and work on ourselves. Like we've got to work on ourselves. It's ridiculous. I find it so ridiculous that there's so many things going on around us that we, we miss the point. What's up, Jamie? Let me, uh, let me, use, I haven't seen you in a minute. Let me use a little metaphor here. Um, and I used in the book, uh, I heard a story. There was about a girl driving, right? She's driving and she sees a candy bar on the dashboard. So as she's driving her car, she, she reaches over to try and get this candy bar and she loses her seatbelt up a little and she reaches over to try and get this candy bar and she can't. And then finally she reaches over like this and she takes her, her eyes off the road to get this candy bar. And what happens? She goes off the road, her car flips over and she gets injured and destroys the car. And, and so the moral of the story is how many times are we being distracted on, on our path to go straight because there's something over here that's just sweet and, and temporary that looks good. Mm-hmm. And this happens in marriages. Certainly this happens with the body. Certainly this happens. Uh, we get distracted with our, our mission and our work because something over here looks quicker and better and more satisfying. Right. And, and rather than do it the right way and say, let me pull off when I see an exit and then 
turn the car off and get it. We are we are endangering ourselves by reaching for these things, taking our eye off the prize, off the road in the right direction. So when I read that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. So my question to you out there is, what's your candy bar? What's the metaphorical candy bar that you are allowing to distract you while you are on this path? You're on the narrow path, the right way. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's distracting you that you're reaching for that could be endangering your business, your health, your very life, or your finances. But at the end of the day, you still have to be awake and aware. So want well, to not be distracted, but to be aware of your surroundings. When you're you're using a metaphor of driving the car, if you're not defensive enough to where you're aware of what's going on around you, you you could totally be sidelined because you're not paying attention. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention, but don't be distracted. Keep your eye on the price. Keep your eye on God. Keep your eye on what you're called to steward. Keep your eye on the excellence that you need to be raising your standard to, because that's what we are called to in his image. But we're trying to fix everybody else's stuff and doing it blindly because we're not replacing what is broken with something that is holy. And it's going to sevenfold the problems we had, just like driving out a a spirit. We're going to, if you're not replacing it with something holy and you're replacing it with something man, man created, or I should say man counterfeited, you will have sevenfold problems, like sevenfold demons. So really, truly like, this book was so this was a timeless and timely book for you to, yeah was it yesterday morning when did you open habakkuk 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 oh uh, no that was more like a week ago well it's still timely no it's very timely because what happens is we get lost and that's why people say you have to go back into the word you know because you don't just unfortunately if if you again if you look at it like the body if you guys have ever been on a diet and you think about the time when you were at your peak when you looked great and you wanted to show off your body, and maybe that's right now. Um, you got in great condition. Did you stay that way? Could you go on cruise control? Could you just say, okay, now I'm where I want to be. Now I just now I just stop working out, stop eating good. No, you have to. The same way you treat your body, you have to feed your spirit. You can't just open it one day. You can't just go to church for a month. You can't just be in the Word for a year. You have to continue because what happens is there is no pattern where you are allowed to just continue to do the same thing over and over again without any work. Mm-hmm. Work is a theme throughout the book. Work is a theme throughout life. That's what's happening is sometimes we want to go on cruise control. We want to go on autopilot. And, and that's a very natural thing to want to do because as human beings, work is tough. But we we see that we need to cruise uh, course correct and so right now we're in a big huge course correction Mm -hmm. we are in a a major one and we want to bring the good news today again good news there is so much but sometimes to talk about what's good you have to illuminate what is not good the chaos to talk about the light you have to say well if we're going to bring you into the light well who's in the darkness why is it dark there and then we have to say okay let's look at the word and the word says trust Mm -hmm. the word says be joyful the word says live by faith. There's not a time in the whole book where God says, hey, I want you to worry. I want you to be fearful. 
The only thing he says is, you know, fear the Lord. That's the only thing. Yes, reverent fear. Never says fear man. It says honor man, even if you don't like it. Honor. Honor your government. Honor your neighbor. Honor honor your police officer. Honor your teachers. Honor those people that have a position of authority. Doesn't mean they're there's not going to be some bad ones. It doesn't mean, you know, you have a lot. You can't one bad apple doesn't make the whole bunch. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay downplay that. But we have to look at reality. We are what happens is we we are shown this little tiny thing and then we just it's just blown it up. And that's all we look at. But if you do, you got to pay attention there because if you're oh, if you're seeing the narrow viewpoint, you're not doing your homework on what you're agreeing on. Well, that's why we have to get out of you. The- you get into agreement with something pretty nasty, and you don't even realize it. But if we get out of the house, when we get out of the house, and you lift your head up and be turned on that's the one of the main principles of being turned on is mm-hmm. lifting your head up and get it out of your phone um don't be shy when you talk to people in your neighborhood you're going to realize that people for the most part are indeed friendly and engaging and just like you sure you're going to run into a bad apple now and then sure you're going to run into somebody who's nasty you're going to run into somebody who doesn't want to say hi back but that's not the norm what what we think is the norm is because we are shown a small sliver of injustice. We are shown uh, uh, this little piece of hate, but we're shown it over and over and over again on every channel that we click to. It's that same piece of hate, and we think this is what the world has come to. It's just one big hateful place. If you go back to the days of Noah and you read it and, and you take it literally as it should be taken, God said nobody, the, the, every person had become evil. Mm-hmm. Every person. If you go outside your house right now, it's not that bad. A lot of people are talking about Revelation. A lot of people are talking about the second coming because it's so bad. Go back to the word. Every person's heart was evil. That's when he brought the flood. There's a lot of bad things out there right now, but I still think I still think if you look at if you took a just a general poll in your neighborhood or wherever it is, you're gonna find at least 75% of the people are indeed good people it's not everybody well there's the but people get a little excited because we have a we have a very small viewpoint of of how bad things are again remember no one's getting thrown to the lions no one's being quartered no one's being put on a stake and set on fire (laughs) and and god's not saying every single person's heart thinks of evil no that, that was sodom gomorrah that was you know we're talking listen (laughs) let's not go here because we're going to get, we're going to start unraveling revelations and revelations. When he addresses the churches, they were churches, but they were flawed. So we can call things good, but have that, that are laced in the guise of something that is broken or inverted or, uh, you know, under Jezebel, like there's all kinds of things. So listen, we can say 75% is good, but we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And we also don't know. He's a thief in the night. He will come like a thief in that. We do not know. We do not know the, the day or the hour. So we will bring good news, but that is the good news. The good news is, is he wins and you got to keep your eyes on, on him. And we, in order to, 
be a part of that victory. We honor each other because we're never always going to agree. So what what do you think we're going to see this weekend? This weekend? It's the 4th of July. Oh. What do you think what do you think you're going to see? I don't know. I haven't thought that far. Well, it's a big one. It's a big it's not just any other 4th of July. This is a big one. Okay. So I think you're going to see one of two things. I I do th- I do think you'll see some people trying to disrupt it a small majority, but I think in your neighborhoods and I think in your communities, I think you are going to see, even if they don't allow people outside, I think I predict that you will see a flood, a flood of positive patriotism. I think you will see people now more than ever are cherishing their freedom. I think you'll see people now more than ever want to hold a flag and wave a flag. You will see a small majority that could do some bad things. You know, when I say bad things, they might stomp on it or try and burn it. I don't know. There are some people that are not happy, but I think a large majority, this is, this will be an interesting weekend to look at. How will people react to the 4th of July? Why would they be locked up? Can't go out. Remember a lot of the, a lot of the theme in Habakkuk's uh, thing was dealing with the ruling majority. They wanted to keep people down. They wanted to people to suffer while they partied. They wanted the people to suffer while they partied. Josh, Josh said we we can go bold. He said we can say things. They wanted the people to suffer while they partied. On Memorial Day weekend, the the governor of of Mich- of uh, yeah of Michigan. Uh, her husband, you know, she did a lockdown. She wanted the whole state locked down. And then her husband calls up his, the place where they had their boat that was being repaired. And he said, can I have my boat ready for this weekend? And they said, no, we got all these people ahead of you and there's a lockdown. He goes, well, would it help if you knew my wife was the governor? Later on, she said that that was a joke. Is that the easiest one? That's what everybody says. I was just joking. Mm-hmm. Back in Habakkuk's time, it said the the elite, the ruling class, wanted to party while they kept everybody else down. There's a perfect example. Hey, everybody else, stay home. My wife and I, we're the governors. We're going to go out on the boat. Not only do we want to go out on the boat, but we want to get front in front of the line. So all the other people that have their boat not ready, skip them. Mm-hmm. But just well. kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Okay. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> No, seriously. Nothing new under the sun, guys. There's just nothing new under the sun. So if you if you want a, a glimpse of what's going on right now, I think that'd be a good book for you to get into. Say it again. Say the name. Tomato, tomato. Habakkuk or... It's three chapters. Or how, do you, how else did it, was it say? I, I even wrote it down phonetically. Habakkuk or... Haba? No, I don't know what. I don't know why we ha- can't say the other one. You're Greek. You're good with big, long, funny names. What does that have to do with anything? Is, I can't. Pr- nobody could pronounce your maiden name. No, oh, jeez, has nothing to do with that. So anyway, here's the thing. Uh, send them off on, on a prayer for good for good news. It always puts me on the spot. You're so good at it. I'll even take my hat off. Always puts me on the spot. Okay. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for this time. Uh, we're so grateful for uh, our the listeners and the audience and for anyone whose ears were open to this today. Uh, we just are 
grateful for even for all the things that are happening right now as as bad as it seems as hard as it is uh we know that you win and we know where the victory lies and as a result we are victors not victims and we just pray that we can all honor each other and live in harmony as best as possible um and knowing that good will always prevail over evil in jesus name amen amen